Hey, WrestleLore fans, this is Devo here, and I just wanted to ask you guys a favor. If you could, please download the Soundstooth app to your phone. That is the Soundstooth app, S-O-U-N-D-S-T-O-O-T-H, Soundstooth. That's our podcasting network full of all sorts of great podcasts, and you could stream us directly on there. Now, I know some of you like to use other platforms, and that's great, but please, for us, download that app. Also, I wanted to give a big heads up to everybody that's listening today that our co-host, Ethan Sandoval, will be appearing on the Blue Whale Comedy Tour coming up here in Labor Day weekend in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So check the schedule for Ethan Sandoval performing there and lots of other great Soundstooth artists. And now, ladies and gentlemen, on to the show and Mark Henry. It's sexual, baby. Oh, feel it. Oh, and I want to give it all to you. Oh, yeah, right on. I'm right here for you. Yeah. I know it's going to be good to you. Yeah. And I'll tell you why, baby. Ooh. No, you are not in the wrong place. This is we the have, right place, This baby. is not turned into a, a new, a new uh, sex Girl, podcast. I got so many body rolls. <laughs> This is Wrestle Lore, and that was the theme for the man that we're talking about today, which is the one and only, the world's strongest man, Mark Henry. Mark Henry. Also known as Sexual Chocolate. Sexual Chocolate, Mark Henry. I am uh, your host, Dustin Navor, and as always, I am joined by the man, the myth, the legend, the immovable object to my irresistible force. Mm-hmm. Ethan Sandoval. Ethan, yeah. how's it going? Oh, you know, it's going. I'm here. We're talking about a sexy man. Talking about a big, sexy, sexy Big man. old chocolate bear. Big, big old chocolate bear. <laughs> the world's strongest man. A bona fide Olympian, Mark uh, Henry. Yeah, a bona fide two-time Olympian. Two-time Olympian. Yeah, and uh, he, a medalist in the Pan American Games. Uh, somebody... Uh, all right, let's see. He, he was part of the 1996 uh, Boom Boom Olympics in Atlanta yeah. with the uh, the explosions down there and everything. Yeah. So uh, we've uh, we've had a couple episodes now. We had our first episode where we just talked about silliness and whatever we wanted to talk about. Yeah. And then we did uh, the Montreal Screw Job on our second episode. Yep, and, uh, yep. and since we did a serious uh, event last week, uh, today we're going to kind of take a step back and we're going to look at a man. Uh, mm. And mm. a, a staple, a man that's sort of symbolic, a part of the past of WWE. Oh, he's been in WWE. He was in WWE for about, what was it, 18, 19 years? Uh, yeah, I would say uh, he started, his very first appearance was in 96. Yeah. And uh, he made it well into, I, I would say he probably, I don't know when his last match was, but. It was either in 2016 or 2017. Yeah, so he's, he's, a, he's a 20-year veteran. Right now he's uh, currently a commentator for the uh, Arnold Strongman competitions. Yeah. And that, that, of course, is uh, Mark Henry, who was billed as the world's strongest man. But I say he's a staple of WWE because he was always there. Yeah. But he's also, and what we're going to start the podcast talking about today, mm-hmm. is Vincent Kennedy McMahon mm. and his love of beef. Beef. Of what he calls beef. 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 Yes. And that means big, beefy dudes. Now, oh, yeah. And and it doesn't seem like it's limited to, like, like muscular dudes. It seems like it's just big dudes. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. doesn't matter. Like, like just if, if you are large in <laughs> any capacity. If you are large and can are, are slightly mobile in yeah. any capacity, then... I, it, 
I mean, it's only a matter of time before there's a wrestler on a rascal scooter. Uh, <laughs> that, that is true. Uh, like, well, you know, they did that at that Royal Rumble. Like, all the big guys, the ramp was so long, they, like, put oh, them on yes. the back of a cart and drove them. Yeah, that, the well, and, and yeah, and there was, uh, yeah, that, I love that, that little mobile they had at that Wrestlemania with the... Oh, the, the, the little ring? The little, little ring, tiny ring? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was great. So, the beef. What do we mean by the beef? Well, I sort of alluded to it, but I think if, like, Ethan and I were both, like, maybe uh, six inches taller, yeah, we could probably well, just... Well, we're actually both taller than Mark Henry. Oh, are we? Mark Henry's only, like, 5'10", I want okay. to say. But He's Mar- not a tall man. But Mark Henry is... Oh, this is build height, says six foot four. That's not... No. Okay. That's bullshit. Okay. He is maybe 5'11". Maybe 5'11". Okay. He is not that tall. You got some... You're saying we got some NFL, like, combine stats here, like, inflating some size. Yeah. Mark Henry is not that tall. Well, I I should never take a build as. as, uh, Build as is, for those guys that know, what they say... he is and six foot one. Okay, six foot one. So okay, yeah. he's got a couple inches on me, and I don't he's know. He's an tall. inch shorter than I. He's am. an inch shorter than you. So I, now I don't think either of us can deadlift nine hundred and nine pounds. Dear God, no. I, I, I can deadlift three seventy five. Yeah, um, on a good day. I when I was working out regularly, I could deadlift about four fifty. Well, there you go. So you just need to double whatever it is you were doing. Yeah. And you will be a Mark Henry. But the beef. Okay. So when we talk about the beef, uh-huh. we're not talking we're not talking about beef between us. We're talking about big, beefy guys. Oh, uh, just beefy. Beefy. And you gotta say it like that. Beefy. Beefy. Look at you, skinny little man. You, you look at this big beefer over here. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so now and, and we also aren't talking about Brutus beefcake. We're not talking about but but Kind of are because Brutus Beefcake kind of fit that bill. No, like, not he's a big guy. He's like, a big guy, but he was a Hogan man. Okay, like he was like Hogan's best friend. Yeah, but let's just so if you think about wrestlers, yes, and you're someone that's a casual wrestling fan, yeah. or you are just like not even a fan at all, but you're just like okay, I'm I've I've got the concept of pro wrestler. Mm-hmm. You probably go to the beef. Yeah, you probably you, go to. Hulk Hogan. Yeah, you probably go to Hulk Hogan. Andre the Giant. Andre, yeah, and you go to these big, larger-than-life characters, yeah. and and it, it is definitely the carny aspect of yes. Vincent McMahon. Absolutely. He, this is the sideshow carnival, like, let's look at the big freaks of nature. Why in the world would you want to go see a guy that you can just go find, mm-hmm. you know, at your local gym, like, that's, you know... Six foot five ten or whatever, and a couple hundred pounds, which is like that's like an average size wrestler. Yeah, like six like, foot five. Yeah, uh, and and it's just, but Vince found all these beefy guys, Mark Henry being one, mm-hmm. and I think this is going to lead into what we're going to have to talk about here is who are our favorite beefers. Oh, <laughs> and who are our least favorite beefers okay yeah i mean i could we could go for that we could go we could go for hours but let's let's just let's just you know in classic after we established ourselves for two episodes in classic fashion let's go back and forth i think i made you start last time i'll I'll, let's i'll do three that i like okay and then we'll do three that we don't i'll start okay 
three that I like, mm-hmm. I will start number one, the big boss man. Oh, yeah. He's an, yeah. The big boss man, giant man, uh, mm-hmm. not toned. No, not toned. Not fat. But no, very athletic very for athletic. his size. Like, this, have you seen the '92 Rumble where he does that like half moon crescent? Kick? Yeah, this is it, this is the thing about the beefers. When we say beefers, because we'll get to the bad beefers. Oh, when yeah. we say beefers, we don't mean guys that can't move. No, like we mean guys that like are just so large that mm-hmm. w- when when they walk in a room, mm-hmm. they command the room, yeah. and I would assume give Vincent Kennedy McMahon a like. A hard on. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Like he, he's chubbing out a little bit. Oh, right? yeah, he's like, rah, 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 Jesus. Now, who do you got? Who's yours? Mine. I'm gonna go with Bam Bam Bigelow. Oh, the beast from the east, Bam Bam Bigelow. Mm. He could he could take down anyone in the ring, but he couldn't take down cocaine in life. No, he could not. <laughs> cocaine got the best of him. Uh, Flaming head tattoos. Not, not the smartest idea. See, Bam Bam, I think, is an interesting wrestler because uh, he's a guy that if you're not if you don't know who Bam Bam Bigelow is, you may have seen him because yeah. he had like an iconic image and found his way into like like music and, and things like this. But he had flames tattooed on his head. His entire body suit was flames. Yeah. Had this big B symbol in the middle that all, all the flames came together. Yeah, for yeah. it kind of looks it kind of looks like the Billabong symbol. Yeah, it kind of looks like the Billabong symbol. And you know he he was. Known again for doing a moonsault, which yeah, is doing backflips yeah, and cartwheels, backflips and moonsault. And uh, now the other sad reality is that a lot of these beefers don't make it no. <laughs> too long. If they make it to sixty, that's, <laughs> that's impressive. That's pretty impressive. So uh, that's maybe saying some stuff about ourselves. So yeah, uh, yeah. I'm on that three quarters life crisis. I think. No, yeah. <laughs> now yeah, I'm on my one third. Oh boy, let me see. I want to go. Uh, you know, there's so many. Like the new breed of beefers that we have, yeah, are so athletic. Like they're yeah. just beyond. Like like Bronny Strowman. Well, Braun Strowman, and then you've got uh, the guys in the Viking Experience. Oh, the where, Viking Experience. Uh, Keith Lee. Keith, oh, Keith. Okay, I'm just gonna go with Keith Lee because I got the pleasure of seeing Keith Lee. Yeah. At uh, and Keith Lee is an independent wrestler for the most part, but he's in NXT now, mm-hmm. which is the uh, the lower division. He's w- like if Mark Henry was like six foot eight. Yeah. And Keith Lee, one of the best theme songs currently in all of pro wrestling. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, uh, but he, I saw him live, and the man had charisma. He had, the, he had movement. His he had, girlfriend is hot. Keith Lee. Okay, I'm going to look up Keith Lee's girlfriend uh, real She's quick. She's also a wrestler. She's also a wrestler. But that, the new breed, and we could throw in so, so many guys. Even like Otis from Heavy Machinery. Who oh yeah, Otis Dozovich. Yeah, he's Otis Dozovich. He's he's great. You've got uh, Volter with the you know, oh, Volter. You know, you've, you've got all these new Brian Cage, Willie yeah, Mack. You have all these new guys that are just like uh, oh Jeff Cobb. I'm not, I'm Jeff Cobb's not ringing a bell. But oh Jeff Cobb, he's Samoan. If you've ever watched Lucha Underground, he was Matanza. Oh okay, Matanza Cueto. Okay, now now I'm looking up Keith Lee's girlfriend. So you go ahead and go with your okay. My my next one, I'm gonna keep it old school. Okay, and I'm gonna I'm gonna name somebody that's not great. Okay, but but for some reason I love them. Yeah, Berserker. (laughs) The Berserker. The Berserker. The Berserker. Okay, the Berserker was a wrestler in the '80s. Maybe made it into the '90s. Oh, you know what? I can't say the Berserker. Why? 
Because the Berserker is a ripoff of the great Bruiser Brody. And Bruiser Brody, I think, is way better. Yeah, but Bruiser Brody just didn't walk around the ring going, Husk. <laughs> okay, so Bruiser Brody. That's old, old school. That's TV. old, old school. Now, I mean, but you can think about it. So you, you bring this up. I just like that, like, big, the really big, wild man aesthetic. The big, wild man aesthetic. Okay, so maybe, like, you go back. But that's the thing. We, we talk about this. We talk about beefers and big guys. If you, back in the day when wrestling wasn't full of smarks and it wasn't like mm-hmm. all this influence on the indie scene and New Japan and all this stuff, it was legitimately people going to see, and pardon me for saying it, a freak show. Yeah. And, well, who do you want to see? You want to see these big guys. You want to see the boogie-woogie man Jimmy Valiant taking on a Bruiser Brody. These yeah, two... Bruiser Brody coming to the ring yeah. with a chain Going through the crowd, just swinging it with a reckless abandon. Yeah, and I mean, like, so you have, you know, that was what it was about. You know, it was was that sort of aesthetic. Uh, I'm going to go with a, my third one, a guy that I think uh, definitely, he's been around such a long time, uh, but he certainly seems like a newer era guy, but he's been around forever, and that's Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe. Yeah. Samoa Joe. Spent, been around since what oh four oh five yeah he's been around for a long time and he has that where where the sad part is mm-hmm. he's a great entertainer he's a great wrestler I just don't think he can ever be like the top guy mm-hmm. which is a what the a lot of these guys will fall into it takes yeah. a total package yeah like and I'm not talking about Lex Luger yeah, Samoa Joe has the possibility to be like a monster heel yeah but he doesn't have the possibility to be at, a face at at best Samoa Joe is a guy that wins a belt holds it for two months drops it at a pay per view to put someone else over yeah that that's the best you get but if you've never seen a Samoa Joe match. Incredible. Uh, Go back to the. There's a specific Samojo match yeah. that I would recommend, which is his triple threat in TNA with Christopher Daniels and AJ Styles. Yes. And anytime, yeah. I mean, basically, some of these names that we'll talk about in the course of this podcast, if you if you hear their names and they're in a match, they're probably making someone look good, yeah. you know. And Christopher Daniels and AJ Styles are two uh, amazing talents. Uh, which gone different paths, uh, yeah. you know. But now uh, Christopher Daniels going to have his day in the sun, maybe again with yeah. uh, with AEW. Yeah, no, All right, Christopher give me Daniels. give me your last one. Oh man, my I'm trying to think of my last one. Um, I oh God, I'm trying to. I'm thinking in like WCW. Oh, okay. Oh, there is definitely one that bridges WCW and WWF that I could think of well, the giant no well you can I mean if you if you like the big show go for it i mean <laughs> the big show's great and all but i don't i don't think he's my no that's my not top guy. you know what i'm gonna go with kane kane okay now so it's interesting that you said kane and why is it that i never think of the undertaker as a big guy yeah well <laughs> it's because the undertaker was always paired against another monster. Yeah, it's true. He was always against Sid or Kane or yeah or Hogan or, or King Kong yeah. Bundy. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, I was going to say Vader. Vader. That was that is there definitely one of mine. Like Vader, Big Van Vader, uh, also known as just Vader. And if we're talking Vader, we also have to say 
fucking Stan Hansen. Well, yes, okay. No, well, that's Japan. But that, but that's that's our shout out to Cam Porter, who who will will have on eventually to talk everything he wants to about Stan Hansen. Stan um, Hansen. Now, go in the other way. Go in the other way. Okay. I'm gonna. I'll start off again. Yeah. Now I don't know if this guy counts as a beefer. Or if he's just into that freak category. Mm-hmm. And again, sorry. I know freak's not a great word. Uh, the Great Collie. The Great Collie was going to be mine. The Great Collie is absolutely horrible. He uh, is a treat. He's a he's treat. A, he's a treat. The, now, what's the 80s version of the Great Collie or the early 90s version? Giant Gonzalez. The Giant Gonzalez, yes. <laughs> These are guys that are just massive. They're like men. so tall. You feel bad for them. Yeah, because you know that their legs aren't going to work by the time they're like 45. And their legs don't work now when yeah. they're in the ring. Greg Ali has a wrestling school where he teaches wrestling. <sighs> well, <laughs> I, I mean, guys, if you, if you haven't, go look up the Great Collie. Look up his match against Horns. Kind of, now, kind of the, you know, him and the guy we're talking about today kind of mirror each other a little bit because, you know, they both came in as... as World destroyer, like strong men or big guys, and then they transition into a comedy sex role. Yeah, but yeah, but neither of them had research. Well, only one of them had had resurgence. Yeah, yeah, no. And as a matter of fact, one of them had two resurgences. But, But okay, so all right. But maybe that's the thing about some of these beefers. I've got, I've got one. Okay, who you got? The world's largest love machine, Viscera. Oh, Jesus Christ. Or Mabel or Big Daddy V. Okay, so now Viscera, Mabel, or Big Daddy V. Now we're getting into the uh, quote-unquote fat (laughs) wrestlers. These are the guys that uh, you would just get lost in them fat rolls for days. Uh, And... This has been a staple of WWE and WWF and WCW all the way back to like Haystacks, Calhoun, oh, and all those yeah. guys. Earthquake. Just, just these immovable objects. Earthquake, by the way, highly underrated. Earthquake was highly underrated. And I think the, you know what I think the problem? Earthquake, which if you've seen our logo, Earthquake is one of the guys on our logo. Yeah. Uh, and the problem with Earthquake is. Ugly as shit. His face is so damn ugly. Like, he's so ugly. Like, there is not a marketable thing about him. Like, he could have been, at no point could you have turned him into the lovable big guy, although they did, by putting a mask on his face. Yeah. (laughs) And making him parade around with a Cartman doll because it was the late 90s and that's the type of stuff that that went over. Oh, God. He was so good, though. Now, who was the other uh, giant Golga was in the oddities, too? Another yeah. one of those giants. Um, man, I don't know. Well, wasn't the giant Golga Earthquake? No, okay. Golga was the Earthquake. Who was the the, the giant in the oddities? The gi- oh, uh, Kurgan? No, there was another one. I'll find him up here in just a second. But before I do that, I will say that my uh, another giant man that I just never really cared for... Um, is probably, man, this is going to... Ruffle some feathers? This is, this is, when it comes to wrestling, I don't give two shits about Andre the Giant. Yeah, Andre, I mean, I understand. Andre was great as an attraction. He He's, he's an attraction, and he had some decent storylines, but I guess maybe it's because I, I view it through the lens of, 
I get why people were excited about Andre and this whole like Hogan versus Andre thing, but he just didn't have anything in the ring and he was just Well, yes, essentially when we saw him, most of what we would have seen of Andre, he wasn't great. Oh, no. He was, he was towards the end of his life. He yeah. was in terrible pain all the time. And But yeah, I get it. I get that you're, you know, not a fan of Andre as a wrestler. But I understand people love him. I also don't like the Princess Bride. That's so Kurgan. That's, that, that's not just Kurgan. I've got, that's just the oddities. I need, uh, I'm looking for uh, Giant Silva was the. the oh, Giant, Giant Silva. Silva. Yeah. Woof. Yeah, he was Woof. literally just big. Uh, um, okay, you got another bad one? Um, I got a bad one that's so bad it's great. <laughs> Um, for bad ones, I'm gonna go with King Kong Bundy. King Kong Bundy. Okay, why do you not like King Kong Bundy? See, because I was far more fascinated by King Kong Bundy than anything about Andre the Giant. He's 5'4". <laughs> he's so, yeah, but, he's you know. so short. He's not intimidating in any way. He fought midgets. He, <laughs> he fought legitimate midgets. He did, but he had the five count. That was okay. Cool. He, also, the avalanche is boring as shit. That's true. Okay, I just think maybe I just thought that since he could move around in the ring, he was a little bit more exciting than Andre back in the day. I mean, he did make it to main event status for one what one pay per view, I think. Yeah, he, like he got it there. Okay. Yeah, WrestleMania one. Now I don't know that this should even count as. Uh, <laughs> now this is not WWF meat. This is WCW meat. And I can hear it in my head right now. Tony Schiavone yelling, Oh my God, it's the, the Yeti! Yeti! The, the Yeti! Yeti. <laughs> uh, the Yeti. Which apparently in someone in, I don't know who was doing creative for WCW at that time, probably Kevin Sullivan, uh, a Yeti means a, a, a mummy. mummy. Yeah. yeah, it makes the, zero sense. Yeah, the Yeti was a... Oh my, yeah. Okay, when we do another, like, stupid episode, we are doing the Dungeon of Doom. Oh, the Dungeon of Doom. The Dungeon of Doom was uh, an alliance, like, it was this... Yeah. Just bonkers WCW uh, It was ridiculous. It was, like, it was like so sun- Saturday morning cartoons. Oh, yeah. It was so silly. To the extent that they did, like, little, like, movies and things yeah. like that, too. And they were, like, all monsters, and mm-hmm. it was based off... Partly that Kevin Sullivan's a Satanist uh, in real life, but um, yeah, you know, but that's yeah. All right, so one more last one here, and then we'll. Um, I had it and I lost it. It was uh, shoot, I cannot remember for the life of me. Oh, Kevin Nash, Kevin Nash, yeah, probably one of the most influential mm-hmm. uh, big guys, but also. I don't think I can think of a single Kevin Nash match that is good important except for the finger poke of doom. Yeah. Like and there the finger poke of doom is a thing that we'll talk about which is where he gets poked by Hulk Hogan with a finger poke and he lays down for him. And uh yeah, just not not great. No, not, not great. A, not a great. Now, so the life of a beefer in the WWE, WWF, or whatever, you've really either got... It seems to follow that you come in, 
as big badass there yeah. to t- challenge almost always like the Funkasaurus. You you almost always come in there to challenge some face. You almost come, like big big beefers. Yeah, so yeah, like well, I mean that was like the whole like Kamala and like it, like back in the eighties, it was just like we're getting a big guy who people can believe is a threat to Hulk Hogan. Yeah, but I mean even in even in modern time, I you know I guess. Mark Henry came in as a face when he debuted. Yep. Um, but it's always that aesthetic of, oh my God, look at this guy. They are He's, so big and massive. Like, they beat everybody. Like, great Khali came in and destroyed The Undertaker. Yeah. That was his entrance. Yeah. and But then, mm-hmm. as is often the case, yeah. we find out that these guys can't wrestle. No. And they're not very good on the mic. Nope. And so, they find themselves in Comedy Land. Comedy Land. Oh, I just thought of one that might ruffle a few feathers. Oh, okay. I don't like. All right. Yoko. Oh, Yokozuna. Okay. Yeah. Yokozuna, um, the completely, obviously, totally 100% Japanese <laughs> performer who is not. He's Samoan. Uh, he... Uh, Two-time WWF World Champion, yeah, uh, Royal Rumble winner, Royal Rumble winner. Um, yeah, I think uh, part of Yokozuna was simply that he was that big guy. Vince thought he had something there, um, you know, when he's playing a foreign heel, which I guess in the late eighties and nineties, America still hated Japan for some reason. Not really, yeah. Um, but you know, uh, yeah, you're right. And certainly, I know that the later the Bonsai Drop is legit terrifying. Oh yeah, like he genuinely cracked. Uh, what's his name? Jim Duggan's sternum. With yeah, it. and I think the part that taints Yoko is that sort of later part of his run where he was just clearly like, oh, he's like has the beard, it, or he has like the five o'clock shadow. He looks like he just tucked himself away in a basement and was eating. Potato chips, like like they they were billing him as like five fifty, but he was actually like six hundred. Yeah, it was it's like the one of the only times that the build weight has yeah, been. Less. It was very very unhealthy and kind of depressing. Yeah. <laughs> so so these guys they tend to end up they come in as world beaters. They if they go over, which is rare, it's a hard thing because yeah. the at the end of the day, yeah, the initial shock of someone great. Right? Yeah. All right, they're big. Good for them. Yeah. Uh, and you're interested in it for a while. But then, you know, you move on, you get to that six, seven, eight month mark, and people are like, all right, well, what's this guy really bringing to the table? Yeah, like, like all right, we get it. He's big. Now what? Yeah. And so, like, you brought it up, uh, but we can, you know, Mark Henry, who we're going to talk about here today, um, now he does have the distinction of recovering from the comedy phase, which does. does, doesn't happen a lot. But Mark Henry went through this. Uh, you brought up Brodus Clay, who was in the news recently. I don't know if you saw. Mm-hmm. I saw Brodus Clay, uh, who became the Funkasaurus. Iris. You know the Funkasaurus. Uh, you had uh, two. You know you had um, the Punjabi Playboy, which is uh, you know mm-hmm. uh, we've talked about the Great Kali, and this just tends to happen. Even he, Rikishi kind of. Rikishi was too cool. Yeah. Riki, you know, and Rikishi... Is Very a, few have escaped it. Like, Umaga escaped it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it just wasn't... Yeah, well, but Umaga also has the 
you know, displeasure of losing to Bobby Lashley, who was representing Donald no, Trump. No, that so, is true. Yeah. What are, you, what are your thoughts on Bobby Lashley? Another another big beefer that the WWF is WWE is trying to. He looks all right. I mean, he looks fine. He's definitely improved yeah. so much with now that he's come back. Um, never going to be a top guy. No, and sadly, I think the thing that was getting him closest to being a top guy was when he was paired with Leo Rush. Yeah, and because that's another thing, these big beefers often need a, a manager, a, ma- yeah. a mouthpiece to go with them. Like, there's a reason why. If Brock Lesnar had never been paired with Paul Heyman, oh yeah, Brock Lesnar is not still in the WWE today. He's not the current Universal Champion no. uh, as of this taping, and he is not like just reviled probably <laughs> because he's been around for forever. Ugh. But he had that mouthpiece given to him, and it worked. Um, same thing, Yokozuna wouldn't have worked without Mister Fuji at all. Absolutely, uh, um, no, yeah. you know it, it takes that at times. Um, you know, I think it's interesting when we talked to the reason why we're talking about beef is because Vince McMahon like gave a promo yeah. earlier in 2019 yes. where he t- it's a it was a feud between Finn Balor and Brock Lesnar. Yes. And Vincent McMahon himself starts talking about how he loves beef in the ring. Yeah. It was like, "Look at you, Finn. You're you're athletic. You're you're in great shape, but you're just you just don't have the beef. Yeah, you don't. Yeah. No, look at Brock. Yeah, look at the beef. <laughs> it's so. Oh, and in case you're wondering, uh, Ethan is parading around with his Vincent Kennedy McMahon walk currently. Yeah. Now, but here's the thing, though, and the greatest example to me of this of like Vince thinking beef before all else yeah. is he lined up the Shield, mm-hmm. and the Shield is Roman Reigns, Dean Ambrose, and Seth Rollins. Yeah. And he lined up the Shield. And he picked Roman Reigns. And he just tried to shove Roman Reigns down mm. WWE's throat. He's like, look at him. He's, he's big. He's Samoan. He's the Rock 2.0. Well, no, he's not the Rock 2.0 because he's just not. He doesn't have that charisma. Meanwhile, the other two smaller guys kind of get pushed by the wayside. Yeah. Seth has fought his way back into it. Mm-hmm. But... Dean just... Was like peace, motherfucker. Yeah, and then Dean, Dean, I'm gonna keep saying Dean Malenko, <laughs> Dean Ambrose. Now there's some beef. <laughs> yeah, that is not some beef. That's a that's a bad hairline. That's what Whoa. that is. Uh, Whoa, Dean Malenko. Uh, John Moxley. Is, John Moxley. That's uh, Dean Dean Ambrose. So, but so beef has often ruled uh, the WWE, and there's not uh, a better example of a guy who found his way into the WWE because of his beefiness and his strongness uh, than this man that we're getting ready to talk about right here. This is, of course... The latter day theme song of Mark Henry. It, it's not, it's, it doesn't get to the good part for a while. Yeah, well, this is the yeah. album version. Oh, it's the album version. Here we go. Oh, wait, what? They're really feeling like it. They're really feeling it. 
Come on, let's get okay, to it. Okay, we're getting to it. All right, come on. There we go. Yeah. Somebody gonna get the nip slip. Somebody gonna get the neck kiss. Somebody gonna get the ear flip. Beat him up, beat him up, kiss his neck, kiss his neck. Beat him up, beat him up, kiss his neck, kiss his neck. All right, so that is, uh, we started the episode with the sexual chocolate theme yeah. uh, for Mark. What, what was Mark Henry's first theme? Oh, yeah, it was, oh, it was so. I, I might have to, I might have to YouTube this one. Mark Henry is the man we're talking about, uh, and he is uh, gone by a few, few different, uh, he's had a few different, uh, Paths in the WWE. It's funny because Mark Henry is one of those wrestlers that has been around for twenty years. for For twenty years, but he's also been around so long that you can almost break him up into eras. Yeah, definitely. Which like is something that you do with professional wrestling, but um, like you don't normally do that with a specific wrestler. But Mark Henry had like you know he debuted. And then he was sexual chocolate, and then he was. Um, then there was just like this weird period where he like two thousand two to two thousand four, where he didn't really have a gimmick, and then. So let's let's see what this let's see what this is like. This is its second theme. So let's uh, let's see if we got something here. Sounds about yeah, right for like '96. Yeah, it's not great. We're not gonna pull that one up there. I could not find a first theme on there, so I don't know if maybe he was piggybacking on someone else uh, when he debuted. But uh, so yeah, Mark Henry, as you're saying, three you know multiple different eras through through yeah, Mark. Yeah, and then like yeah, then he had then he like kind of went away. For a little bit, and then he came back well, and not, like be, had that feud with Batista. He went away not by his choice. No. He he went away because he was getting too fat. Yeah, yeah. He went away, and then um, he came back. Had the feud with Batista. Yeah. Had the feud with the um, Undertaker. Yeah. Over WrestleMania 22, and then there was kind of a couple years of like stagnation, and then you get the Hall of Pain. The Hall of Pain. Yes. So let's start off with his debut. Uh, and then Super Pro America. Yeah. Let's start off with his debut. Yeah. 1996, he shows up in the WWE. The man from Silsby, Texas. Silsby, Texas. He set the record for the Tommy End barbell lift, which was yeah. that, that is, he was the first man to ever do it. Yeah. The first man to ever lift the Tommy End barbell. Which, which is, is like a barbell with a two inch. Diameter. Uh, it looks like. Have you ever seen those old cartoons where they have those ball? Yeah. Like, the ball barbells. Yeah. It, it looks like one of those, but just like huge. Yeah. It's a, first man to lift it up not, one hand. Not. Not that I'm an expert on on uh, lifting, but you know when it comes, the whole trick to this barbell is that the the grip part is so wide. Yeah. And when you lift, you know, having a good grip is important. And th- this one, the, the grip part is so wide that it makes it nearly, like, nearly impossible. I think there's maybe been now two people that have done yeah, it. Yeah, like two it, people. And Mark Henry is one of them. And, it's, and you have to lift this barbell up, and he did it. And, and So he's legitimately a strong, a strong man. man. Like, and they can technically, I guess, call him, you know, the strongest man in the world, which is what they would bill him as. Yeah. Because 
he does hold records for like deadlift and I think uh, back squat or something yeah. like that or, or clean. I think he I think he owns a cleaning record, mm-hmm. uh, not cleaning your house, <laughs> but a, a, a yeah. clean. Um, and he debuts in 1996. Um, initially, not as a wrestler, but as a personality or like a like a. Uh, uh, I think they kind of figured that he's going to be a wrestler and come back, yeah. and he's probably already in the system by then. But they debuted him more as uh, a star. Like, yeah. here's an Olympic hero star yeah. that comes in, and he's getting the business from Jerry Lawler, and he body slams Jerry Lawler. Yeah. Like, I had forgotten that his first feud was with Jerry Lawler, yeah. which seems so weird to me. Well, because Jerry Lawler was, like, huge in the 70s. Yeah, yeah. And so then you got this guy that we're talking about who's who is, like, not a big deal until, like, the mid-2000s. Well, I mean, now, you're glossing over, because, I, I mean, we're talking about the stages of Mark Henry. We are talking about, but I'm just saying, like, that's what makes it weird. Yeah, that's like, true. Listen, Sexual Chocolate is fucking great. But, but okay, but even before Sexual Chocolate, yeah. he's Nation of Domination. Oh, yeah, he is Nation of Domination. I mean, so, so he debuts as a babyface. You know, Raw Raw America, 1996 Olympics. I'm the power man, here I am, blah, blah, blah. And like those gimmicks tend to do... No one cares. All right, well, great. You're big and strong. You can lift things, and you did some video packages of you lifting things. Yeah. Yeah, they did that video package of him, like, like with his back up against a wall and his feet on a car. Yeah. And then somebody gets in the car and starts driving it. Yeah. And he just, like, holds it with his leg strength. And I think... Maybe some of the stagnation that you see with these guys, if you are someone that's listening to this and you're just like a modern wrestling fan, it's kind of some of the problems they have currently with Braun Strowman. Yeah. Because, all right, he's big and strong, but like, all right, how do we how do we keep that going where they'll occasionally have him like flip something to try to make you be interested Listen, again? Listen, I marked the fuck out the first time. Yeah. And ever since then, I've been like, all right, I'm saying yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Like... And the problem is, if you think about the logic mm-hmm. of a baby face monster, it it makes no makes no sense. Yeah. What is a baby face monster? <laughs> a baby face monster should just be destroying everyone and winning. Yeah, exactly. Like because the only way to overcome a baby face monster mm. is with a bigger monster. Yeah. And so, like, what they usually do is they usually like knock them down a peg with like something comical. Yeah. Oh, also, it is very important. I don't mean, yeah, this is it. very important to mm-hmm. talk about, which is Vince McMahon hired Mark Henry, right? Yeah. And he offered Mark Henry a 15 year, million dollar per year contract. That is very important yeah. to. So. Like, Mark Henry is guaranteed to be in the WWE for 15 years yeah. unless he backs out of that contract. Yeah. Which probably wasn't going to happen. Probably wasn't going to happen. Mean, but that that's that's part and parcel of Vince McMahon thinking, I've got something here. And, 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 and arguably, was Vince wrong? No. I mean, he got, he got nearly 20 serviceable years yeah. out of Mark Henry. He, he got... Now... Mark Henry, I would say there's a reason why we're talking about him here. Not everybody, we don't probably need to tell people who Hulk Hogan is, but we, you know, not everybody knows who Mark Henry is. And well, most people don't know who Mark but, Henry is, I would say. But he was, but when you think about it, he's just sort of 
a staple of the product. He is though. Yeah, he has been around for so like uh he held the record for a while for like most uh, appearances in like WWE. Yeah, I, I I could imagine, yeah. Cuz he's just in so many consecutively. He, now Kane uh, beat him just for clarification. Who? Kane. Kane beat who? Mark Henry for oh, the record. Oh, for the record. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. I don't know if there I wonder who would there be that would be who would be going on that record now? Like for Taker. Yeah, I guess. I mean, oh, for for video game appearances. Yeah, yeah, yeah I can see it Taker, must... Trips, Sean. But I mean, Stone Cold, The, the Rock. That's all. Those guys are all a little bit. That's just like a little bit of legacy. Although Taker yeah. is still wrestling, it didn't look super horrible recently. But that's true. But uh, so Mark Henry debuts. He's good guy. Raw, raw America. All right. Now, he debuted in 1996. Yes. Things are not going well for the Ooh. WWF in 1996. They are. They're like right at the. It's right before the Attitude Era. Yeah. We've um, established this. It is the year before the Montreal Screwjob. Yes. So we're not quite in Attitude Era yet. Mark Henry is there in that sort of mid 90s milieu yeah. of being a character. Yes. He's not a character of, you know, he's not a trash man or he's not like, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't come to the ring with like uh, weights, you know. But yeah, no. but yeah, well, I mean, has been done. You remember the Dino Bravo, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, the, yeah. one of the worst segments in WrestleMania history. Oh, yeah, where he's literally like... people lifting weights. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, then, but it got great heel heat. Oh but... yeah, but then we get to the Attitude Era. Yeah, and we get the first, the first. Reimagination of Mark Henry, and it comes with the help of a man who has helped so many along in this industry. Yeah, The Rock. The Rock. Yeah. With the creation of the militant black stable, the Nation of Domination, which featured wrestlers such as The Rock, The Rock, uh, Farouk, Farouk, um, Kama, also kicking a man's ass. Yeah. Um, it also had Mark Henry, D'Lo Brown. And that's it, I think. Yeah, there might have been one yeah, more. I don't think there's anybody more than that. Now, it is interesting that uh, almost <laughs> everyone in that group, except for The Rock, yeah. would... I mean, I guess you could even say The Rock. Almost all of them would evolve from this sort of... Um, you know, we're being held down by the man, black militant group, yeah. to comedy acts yeah. <laughs> at some point. Uh, I mean, The Rock did like well. For, well, I got Farouk. 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 Damn. Yeah, yeah. If you if you don't know who Farouk is, or who, Ron Simmons. Ron Simmons. Farouk was so Farouk. Oh my God. So Farouk. I I, so I sometimes refer to him as Farquaad. Yeah. Because a friend of mine mispronounced uh, it once. Farouk was the very first uh, African American. Uh, world champion for a major American promotion. Yes, that is uh, true. World Championship Wrestling. Yes. And he comes to the WWE and just like, again, that mid-90s horrific era, uh, they put a weird helmet on him yes. and give him bright blue clothing and call him Farouk and he's some sort of future warrior or yeah. some shit like that. Meanwhile, they do the same thing with the debuting Rocky Maivia. They give him this colorful, you know, he's the, you know, the Samoan kid or, you know, whatever. He's the son of Peter Maivia and Rocky Johnson. You have all of these, like, these 
African American stars who have been held down by bad creative. Yeah. And they come along and they are there to feud with well, essentially the top stars at the time. They're there to feud with the Degeneration X yeah. and all those groups. And Mark Henry is their enforcer. Yeah, he's, he's the, the big beef. He, he's the big E Langston yeah. of uh, you know uh, of the group. You know, yeah. and it, it's amazing how um, that group would go on. I mean, everyone in that group did have a repackaging. It's so it, funny. they did. Like yeah. D'Lo had a repackaging. Uh, Kama became the Godfather. Yes, yes, Kama. Yeah. Oh, okay. Let's see members. Okay. Godfather. Crush was apparently a member for a while. Savio Vega. <laughs> Ahmed Johnson. Ahmed Johnson. That was the other one I was thinking. Yeah, of. I think Ahmed Johnson. I think they did a storyline with Ahmed Johnson of uh, trying to fight for the leadership or something, yeah. maybe. Uh, I don't know. JC Ice, Wolfie D. Owen Hart was apparently in it. Yes, uh, Owen Hart yeah. was in it. Yeah, so that that's uh, how kind of... Uh, uh, crazy that these stables can get in uh, the WWE at times, but all of these guys came together. Um, Are you gonna do the Nation of Domination theme song? You know I am, dude. That theme song. Listen, Mark Henry. Great theme songs have followed him his entire he career. Has. Let's see if we can get this one going here. Let's see if. It... And if you don't get it from the, you know, this is definitely like playing on like uh, brothers of Is- brothers of Islam type, yeah. like you know. Now, of course, it is the WWE. So if you get a group together of militant black men, they are of course the bad guys. They're the bad guys. Yeah, they're the bad guys. That's not a you know. A lot of wrestling's racist. Yeah, a lot of wrestling is is racist. Uh, what a surprise! So Mark Henry joins the Nation of Domination, and uh, the Nation of Domination. You know, I I I was trying to get the dates on it earlier. It's not around very long. No, it it's, was it was uh, a, it was a very much about, a flashy well, thing. two years, I guess. Nate, November seventeenth through uh, November nineteen ninety eight, oh, yeah. no ninety six to ninety eight. So two years um, of the Nation of Domination, and then after the Nation of Domination, they all split up and they kind of go their separate ways. And, and Mark Henry finds himself a little lost for a little bit because he is sort of, you know, you're you're going to have Kama goes off to be the Godfather, Godfather. which is a uh, I was I was watching some recaps of wrestling this week um, that we're taping this after the Raw reunion show that was uh, on a Monday, um, J- July twenty second or whatever. Yeah, and uh, PG Godfather is hilarious. Oh yeah, because Godfather's whole gimmick was to bring the hoe train with yeah, him, the which was hoe train, which was sometimes female wrestlers, but most of the time just whatever strippers they could find at the local strip club. Yeah, and uh, it was very raunchy stuff. He becomes that. Pimps up, hoes down. Um, Farouk is going to find himself dealing with the Undertaker, being coming part of the acolytes, and with uh, the, then eventually the APA with uh, Bradshaw, and you know they'll they'll eventually do their thing. Mark Henry, and, and then Rocky Maivia becomes the Rock. I mean, yeah. the Nation of Domination is where the Rock is born. He becomes yeah. the Rock during the Nation of Domination. But Mark Henry and D'Lo Brown, the other like two core members, yeah. kind of find themselves languishing. Yeah. And they end up being a tag team. Mm-hmm. 
and it just isn't over with the crowd. D'Lo Brown is one of those those talents that he had amazing in ring ability. Yeah, he just always seems so hokey that I yeah. don't think he could ever get over with the also, crowd. Also, it was just that Farouk joined the Acolytes. Yeah, the Acolytes first, and then eventually him the, and Bradshaw were the Acolytes. Protection Agency. Then yeah. they were the Acolyte Protection the, Agency, the, the APA. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's a whole other weird grouping of people. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, but then Mark Henry and D'Lo Brown find themselves out there in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And then we get one of the we start a path to some of the weirdest storylines oh in which Mark Henry sits down with the Godfather yeah. and tells him that he's addicted to sex yeah. because when he was eight years old, he was molested by his sister. Yep. Now, this is family entertainment? Yeah. Also, <laughs> uh, so and then because he's addicted to sex, he becomes... Sexual, sexual chocolate, chocolate, which is the, the the theme that we led off the show with, which yeah. is the the like, yeah, sexual and a big old Hershey bar on his Titan drawn that said yeah. sexual chocolate. And this is where I should clarify that that fifteen million dollar contract comes into play because Vince was trying to get Mark Henry to quit so he could stop paying him a million dollars a year. <laughs> So what he did was, he was like, I know what I'll do. I'll give him a terrible character and I'll hate it so much that I'll quit. And then it became one of the most over things. It, oh my of, God, it was so over. Of the, of the, do we call it the late Attitude Era? Yeah. Yeah, I it mean. Was, it was when the Attitude Era kind of came hokey and so the, the comedy. Like, we'll, you know, we'll talk about the Attitude Era a lot on this, but the Attitude Era started more as like a, violence and like anti-authority mm-hmm. and then quickly evolved into like raunch and yeah. like shock comedy. Like, yeah. I mean, we have like the, the people from the Howard Stern show coming on and then yeah. we, you know, the, you know, ice insane clown posse gets involved yeah. and things like that. But uh, I, we should say that the nation of domination, we go back though, did give us the wonderful clips of, uh, DX in blackface. Yeah, yeah, great. Just lovely. Just DX lovely. in blackface. Wonderful. So, <laughs> and the whole reason why we consider this a silly episode today is not because Mark Henry is a 20-year veteran of the WWE. It's not because he was an Olympic hero. It's it's because of the sexual chocolate phase. Yeah, the sexual chocolate phase is incredible. It, it's maybe the silliest thing now, in professional wrestling. So, through a series of events, the Godfather is going to cure sexual chocolate Mark Henry of his sex addiction. Yeah. By, I guess, giving him lots of sex? Yep. That that was pretty much the crux of it. Like Essentially. I, I think... That if you go to a uh, a clinic and you say, hey, I've got a problem. I'm really addicted to cocaine. Yeah. They say, all right, you know, uh, have you seen Scarface? We're going to give you that mountain of cocaine. Yeah. And then you'll be cured. Yeah. Like, because, uh, yeah, that's how that works. So, yeah. Yeah. So, Mark Henry is now sexual chocolate. Yep. He's being cured from his sex addiction. Uh-huh. And, and then... 
I tried really hard today to find to find where it starts to find how this begins, and it's hard. Yeah. Like there's no like this to me is one of the most. We're going to talk about one of the most iconic moments, the stupidest moments, yeah, but like, the most iconic moments in the history of the Attitude Era of maybe in professional wrestling. Something that comes up and is referenced a lot still. Oh, yeah. Like, and this is the relationship between, between Mark Henry. Mark Henry. A 30-something? A 30. Let's see. That was, uh, we're, we're, Mark Henry was born in 71. And this is a relationship between him. This was in what ninety seven, so he was a twenty uh, something. This is no, this is this is gonna be ninety nine, two thousand, because it's He's still a twenty something. Yeah, seventy one. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He's still like twenty seven, twenty eight. Yeah, he's still in his twenties, and he is uh, with. Let me tell you, a woman. Uh, no, I just want that one. A, a woman by the name of May Young. May Young, who it at was, this point. Is the exact opposite of her last name. She was born, yeah, he, Mark Henry, nineteen seventy one. May, May Young, Young nineteen twenty three. Nineteen twenty three. So she is forty eight years, years older. older than Mark Henry at this point. Forty eight years old. So she is at this point seventy. Yeah, yeah. She is a septuagenarian. Oh, I mispronounced that, but that's fine. Uh, she is in her seventies. And she, she was a former professional wrestler. Yes. And at this time, there are like four old people that are constantly showing up on uh, WWE TV. And that is Gerald Briscoe, Gerald Briscoe Pat, Patterson, Pat Patterson, May Young, Young, and the deplorable... Fabulous Moolah. Fabulous Moolah. Yes. Fabulous Moolah, one of the most deplorable figures in professional wrestling history. But they were these sort of... Pat, uh, Pat and Gerald were the, you know, the stooges... Uh, who were like Vince McMahon's, you know, little stooges doing her thing. And then Mae Young and uh, Fabulous Moolah were these two elderly ladies who are taking bumps and like oh, yeah, mixing yeah. it up. And then they, they, she gets, they get dragged into this storyline where <laughs> I, 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 like, I honestly spent a good chunk of the day trying to figure out. We see a lot of videos. Yeah. Like video segments. Now, do you of like know what those video segments were, though? Vignettes? No, they, they, but they were a specific vignette that was going on at this time that never had a payoff. What? GTV. Oh, yeah. It was that, like, it was supposedly going to be this, like, behind the scenes Gold Dust TV thing where Gold Dust was being a voyeur and catching everything. But uh, the the whole May Young and uh, Mark Henry love affair. Yeah. I mean, it's not even a love affair. They're, they're not married. I guess it's just tryst or whatever. Yeah. But um, fancy vocabulary word uh, <laughs> is caught on these like <laughs> you know the the you, you got to make that uh the detachment again yeah. like that. Oh, no one's seeing these video cameras there. Um, but yeah, they, they catch Mae Young and Mark Henry in bed together. In bed together, under the covers. Under the covers. Obviously shirtless, and Mae Young is smoking a cigar. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, these these two old ladies, and if one of them wasn't Fabulous Moolah, it would have been a, more, a fonder thing to look back on, because, hey, God bless them. They were getting paid in their 70s and getting on TV every week and over with a demographic that is... 50 years younger than them. Yeah. But uh, 
this leads to, and this is what is the most important part of this. Oh, dear God. Now, again, we have to put logic aside. May Young, a 70-plus-year-old 70 70 woman. 70-plus-year-old woman is having a relationship with a 27-year-old man in Mark Henry. And Mark Henry gets, I cannot stress this enough, the 70-year-old Mae Young pregnant. (laughs) Mark Henry not only is the world's strongest man, he's got the world's strongest sperm because it overcame female physical anatomy to impregnate a woman in her 70s. And, yeah. Like, that's 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 it, right? That's the most absurd part of this, is that he's... Oh, a, yeah. yeah I mean, that's, he's, that's it. No Story's over. That's 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 it. The story, the story is over. There's no way Wait, this could get any weirder. What? Didn't she give birth at some point? Uh, she the... actually uh, did give birth at some point. She did birth? Uh, what was it? What happened again? You know... Um, well, we all thought that they were going to have a nice little um, child, half white, half black, yeah. and it was going to be, you know, obviously the world's, maybe it could have been the world's strongest woman, you yeah, know, or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and as as typically happens when you have a young, virile man in his 20s have uh, sexual mm. relations with a yeah. 70-plus-year-old woman, and you get her pregnant. And because, she goes into labor. You don't take her to a hospital. No, you is, no it's probably going to be backstage. I think, backstage. I think most children, if you ask them, hey, where would you have preferred to be born? They would say, hey, how about the backstage of a Raw? How about yeah, that, yeah. you know? Um, you know, you know, you know why... He got her pregnant because he was going in raw. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, she gives birth to a hand. Yeah, a she hand. Gives birth to a hand. Um, I. There's one thing. Like, not just only does she give birth to a hand, she gives birth to a white hand. A white hand. Now, to be fair, I don't know. I, I she have... gives birth to a Michael Jackson glove, essentially. Yeah, but it's a hand, and yeah. it's covered in. What looks to be petroleum jelly? Okay, so I just looked it up. Yeah. Uh, and it was February. It looks like it's uh, February of 2000 when all this takes place. So, May Young would be 77. 77. At this point. And he's 29. He's 29. Yeah, 77 and 29. So, yeah. Uh, gives birth to a hand, uh, and now I can't quite tell here. It looks like it was actually on Raw. I think they announced uh, maybe the pregnancy. No, I think the birth was maybe actually on SmackDown. So, oh, sorry for that hand. Oh, dear God. Boy, sorry, hand. Oh, wait, that's the hand that is the SmackDown set. Oh, it's the hand. <laughs> that hand became the SmackDown fist. <laughs> God, now, bring that fist back. Now, you know, obviously, the babies come out. The hand has come out. Um, the hands out of the bag. So, <laughs> the hands out of the bag. Don't out- call May Young an old bag. <laughs> <laughs> hands out of the bag, and um, that's the end of it, right? We're never gonna hear from this storyline again because it's gonna have so much bad press that they'll just drop it. And that is kind of true. They do, yeah, they do kind of. They're just like, "Hey, it's a hand." Oh, we fucked up, and they never mention again. Until about 15 years later. <laughs> about 15 years later, 
uh, on an episode of Old School Raw. When we're backstage and two people are having a conversation and then uh, by past an open door, a familiar old woman walks by hand in hand with a giant hand, which is like, it's like a nerdy guy in a hand outfit. And she introduces the hand as her son. So that is the payoff to the mayoff. Okay, so um, I, I'm looking at some history of of, uh, of Mae Young here, and I forgot that she flashed her breast in the swimsuit contest. Uh, it's true, she did do at that. At the Royal Rumble in 2000. So, so, but it was apparently prosthetic breast, so that's, uh, that's something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so the WWE brought that back up. And uh, now, now, part of the reason why I think this is the moment where Vince is probably like, He's not quitting. He's not going to quit. If you, there are interviews. If you, if you, if you have sex on TV. Oh, did I, I turn into Tom King? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> if you have sex on TV with an old woman, you might be a Mark Henry. <laughs> if you have sex on TV with an old woman, and then you, she gives birth to a hand, and you don't ask for your pink slip, you might be a problem for Vincent Kennedy McMahon. <laughs> yeah. So, um, <laughs> oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Now, okay, so part of the reason why uh, I, this doesn't go on though is like, so Vince is now, Vince is probably upset, and this is probably part of the reason why this is the time where Mark Henry goes bye bye. Yeah. Also, I was, I was going to say, if you ask Mark Henry yeah. about this angle, he just like smiles and laughs and goes, "Oh, Matt Young was the best." <laughs> like that's that's all he says. Yeah. Well, you know. Uh, yeah. I mean, what was he gonna say? He, you know, the man's getting paid. Like, what do you, what do you do if you're, you know, you don't have a whole lot of options if you're a professional weightlifter. I mean, you just keep going until you get passed by someone younger than you. I mean, you might as well yeah. go get your money in the WWE. Now, I will say, uh, I actually. Uh, it must have been 99, 2000. I saw Mark Henry in person at uh, a Tulsa versus North Carolina basketball game in Austin, Texas. So, okay. uh, yeah, I saw him. I was like, holy crap, that's Mark Henry from, uh, from WWE. Yeah. Like, he's like, he just like waving everybody. Like, su- looks like just everybody's like, oh, shaking hands. And it's like, he's a super nice guy. Yeah, he's like, a so. super nice guy. All right. So, Mark Henry is sent away now. We've got over the silliness. Mark Henry is sent away, sent away to OVW, Ohio Valley Wrestling. Yeah, which because, is where they send like underperforming talent. It's, it's their developmental territory. Nowadays, it's called NXT. Yeah, and it's yeah, it was their old developmental territory. And he is. They say basically he's out of shape. Yeah. They say like you're you get, you're getting too fat. You're out of shape. Go away. Yeah. And uh, so he goes off to OVW, and he is going to return uh, later, uh, and. What do we get after that? So after that, we get his return, and uh, there's a match between Eminem, which is uh, Johnny um, John Morrison, and Johnny Impact, Johnny Impact, John Johnny Nitro, <laughs> Johnny Mundo. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah, had so many yeah. names. Uh, his real name is Kurt. <laughs> um, and so John Morrison and. Uh, was it something Mercury? I can never remember. Joey Mercury. Joey Mercury. I wanted to say Jimmy. So Joey Mercury are facing off against Rey Mysterio 
and Batista in a cage match. And um, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Mark Henry shows up. And he goes up to the steel cage and spends three minutes trying to rip the door off of its hinges. Apparently, I guess they were supposed to gimmick the chain. And they didn't gimmick the they chain. They didn't gimmick the chain, no. so it didn't give way. So he had to legitimately break a steel chain to open this door. So he then opens the door and injures Batista. Batista was previously injured, needed to be yeah. written off TV. This is this is something um, that, uh, that, that will happen a lot in pro wrestling is uh, a performer will be hurt but he's still embroiled in a storyline. And so the best way to like sort of deal with that is to have them wrestle a match, yeah. but don't do anything that would necessarily aggravate that injury, but then make it look like there's an injury that occurs. That way you can write them off of television. So they can go get surgery yeah. or act in a movie. Act in a movie. Yes, it's happened. Uh, we're probably going to see it at SummerSlam, uh, at SummerSlam 2019, because Finn Balor is supposed to be taking some time off. So I think that whoever he's wrestling will beat him a yeah. bad, you know, really badly and yeah. ride him off TV. So. so, yeah. So, that happens. And Mark Henry then has the feud with Batista. Then, the next year, he has a feud with The Undertaker uh, at WrestleMania. And this is the first year, I should clarify, that The Undertaker's undefeated streak at WrestleMania is publicized as, like, a big deal. Yeah. Like, that's the reason that this is happening. So, then Mark Henry does that. And then he just kind of bounces around he, for a little while. Yeah, he, he goes to ECW. Um, back when it, it like WWE ECW, back when WWE brought back ECW and becomes <laughs> the ECW champion for a little so this while. This is two thousand and eight. Two thousand eight. <coughs> and he is paired with uh, Tony Atlas. Tony Atlas. Because the rumors of his pairing with Tony Atlas was that again. They're wanting Mark Henry to be a star here, and they've, they've put the ECW strap on him, but there are concerns that he is going to lose his way again and get fat, basically. Yeah. And so Tony Atlas was there uh, to basically be a uh, guiding force uh, to help mm. w- uh, keep him under, under check uh, in his run there. And Tony Atlas... <laughs> He, he was something. Okay. A bumbling buffoon. Bumbling buffoon. So they do that for a little while. And that goes on until like 2010. And then there's like another two years where he's just kind of like a generic, like fill in the numbers kind of guy. He becomes, um, uh, you know, he, he becomes, I remember, you know, he did have this, uh, uh, he had the tag team run with uh, MVP. Yeah. Uh, and they... Challenged uh, Jericho and, and the Big Show. I, I do remember that somewhat. Yeah. They both dressed the you know the world's strongest man, the most valuable player. Yeah. Um, he becomes this really annoying character that I hate in the WWE for a long time, which is he's seemingly a threat. Yeah. So we're gonna trot him out when we need someone, but they're just gonna lose. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And there's all sorts of guys like this. Uh, Bray Wyatt became this, in yeah. the, you know, a few years ago. Uh, interesting to see how he does with his new gimmick, but like uh, Bray Wyatt became this, like, oh, we need someone to come out and be a good heel or to like challenge this person. So here's Mark Henry. Look, oh, he's big. Mm. And then okay, yeah, he gets beat. Move on. Yeah, great, exactly. Uh, but 
there are brighter days on the horizon for Mark. Oh Hanger. yes, he is now. He is he is in mid card hell right now. He's lower mid card. Lower mid card hell. Yeah. Right. Uh, sadly, the WWE. If you're feuding for the world cha- tag team titles, you're typically in lower mid card. Yeah. <laughs> what would be in the twenty teen uh, pre show hell? Yeah, uh, you know. But that's a whole other different story. Then in twenty eleven, twenty eleven, we get the era that. You seem to have just gotten really excited about. Yeah. The Hall of Pain. The Hall of Pain. The Hall of Pain is legitimately one of the best gimmicks ever. So Mark Henry just out of nowhere starts injuring genuine threats like Kane and and a Big Show. And then Mark Henry... Wins the World Heavyweight Championship. Who'd he beat? Uh, he beat... Was it, it was either Big Show or Daniel Bryan. Oh, no, you are, you are wrong. Oh, wait, no, it's Orton. It was, it was RKO himself. He beat Orton. Randall Kyle Orton. Yeah, I remember that now. Yeah, he beat Orton. Yeah. There's a WWE game a couple years ago that you can play through the Hall of Fame. Oh, okay. Nice. Mark Henry. Um, so he beats Orton. I gave up on those games because I couldn't figure out how to submit anyone. I'll teach you. <laughs> so he he beats he beats uh, Randy Orton gets the world heavyweight title. Night of Champions. Night of Champions starts uh, starts this Hall of Pain. Starts feuding with the Big Show, who he injured at the beginning. Then um, he loses the title to the Big Show, who then loses the title to um, uh, Daniel Bryan. And this is. You know, this happens in 2011. It lasts seven years. Okay, now I don't mean to Wikipedia club you here, but I'm going to Wikipedia club you. So you're you're really close. He gets beat by the big show by disqualification. Okay. And then he's feuding at the same time with Daniel Bryan. So a David versus Goliath feud, you know, Mm -hmm. Daniel Bryan, little wiry guy versus... Mm -hmm. uh, Again, when we say little wiry guy in pro wrestling, we still mean like bigger than most people. (laughs) But, uh, uh... then uh, they have a match. Big Show is knocked out. Uh, he's you know disqualification knockout. He urges Daniel Bryan to cash it in. He doesn't. Later, Big Show and uh, Mark Henry have another match, yeah. and Big Show knocks him out again. And this time, Daniel Bryan does cash in. So I don't think the Big Show ever took the belt there. No, no, no. Because it's very famously like okay, the Big Show was. Champion for like forty seconds. Oh, okay, maybe because that's because what happened was they have a chairs match at tables, uh, ladders, and chairs. Okay. Um, Mark Henry, uh, after losing DDTs, Big Show onto the pile of chairs. Daniel Bryan yeah, cashes in, yeah, okay. and then pins the Big Show. There you go. Now you got it. Fuck you! Don't you Wikipedia check me? I, I Wikipedia check you all day long. So. Yeah, uh, I know my wrestles. So. This is, uh, that is at, that was at the 20, that was in 2012? 2012. The TLC match, I believe. So 2012 uh, TLC, which would be in December. Um, So it's the very tail end of 2012. Yeah, and so this is where then we sort of, uh, you know, what would you say? Isn't this, wait a minute, what? Was the Hall of Pain started off by the speech? Did we just gloss over the speech? <sighs> See, now that's what I was trying. I thought the speech was in 2013. Yeah, I don't. 
I, I think... Let me look it up. I think that the... What we're referring to is there was a fake retirement speech that Mark Henry gave, and we're trying uh, um, to figure out what that is, which is great, great podcasting, hmm. uh, by the way. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, but, you know. Um, when was this? It was June 17th. 2013. All right, so there you go. All right. So, yeah, so... So the Hall of Pain has ended. Hall of Pain has ended. In 2012, late 2012, relatively early in 2012, the Hall of Pain's ended. says tables, ladders, and chairs is usually, what, after the Rumble? Tables, ladders, and chairs is usually in December. Okay, so maybe it was follow-up. Extreme Rules is usually after the Rumble. Okay, yes. They don't... don't, Do they do TLC anymore? I don't think so. I think they changed it. They got too many other great ones. like Great Balls of Fire. Yeah, or Stomping Grounds, or whatever. (laughs) But anyways. So then 2013 rolls along, and we get... We get Mark Henry comes out in a pink a salmon suit. <laughs> salmon, yeah. A salmon suit. Like he's a giant, like he's he is the giant bear and he's been gathering all them salmon to make that suit up. Yeah. Like, and it's beautiful. It's a beautiful suit. And he walks out and he gives one of the most beautiful speeches thanking everyone in the WWE, thanking them for being so good to him. These 15, 17 years, you know, he, he gives a speech and then John Cena, the current WWE champion, walks out and, um, you know, he he gives the belt to Mark Henry to let him hold it up because it's one of the belts he never won. Yeah. So Mark Henry holds it up and he starts like tearing up. He's just like crying. And we should say that Mark Henry, what we just said... Well, didn't they just say he won the, the world championship? Yeah, he did. He won the world heavyweight championship, yeah. which is the old WCW belt. Yes, right? it's also known as the big gold. The big gold, yeah. The, not the WWE title, yeah. which today we have... The WWE world heavyweight championship. championship and, and the universal. universal title. So, yeah, it's very confusing. Yeah, and, and that, ugh, that could take years. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, so he gives the belt to Mark Henry. Mark Henry holds it up. He, he starts, like... Tearing up, and then John Cena goes in for a hug, and Mark Henry picks him up and slams the fuck out of him and just starts screaming, That's what I do! That's what I do! <laughs> and like takes his shirt off and throws it at him. It's brilliant. It's so good. It is. It, it's it, it, and it like people like were legitimately mad yeah. that like they did this because this was like. If, it was so emotional. If it was, like, it's almost like, if it was scripted, and it likely was, yeah. but it, if it was scripted, then Mark Henry is a damn good actor. Yeah, he's because, so good. It's legitimately like, he's out there, and you feel like he is pouring his heart out. He's like, like I'm just like, I was just a young kid from Salesby, Texas. Like, it, it's... So good. It's kind of like... And, not to, not to bring this up, because I know it's you know we're not following any timeline. That's why we're not talking about a whole lot of things that go on currently. But um, recently, the the Raw reunion show it ended with Stone Cold Steve Austin getting a speech, and you could tell it was not scripted because he was just like talking from the heart and it was like, oh yeah, well you're you're doing that, yeah. and that's exactly what this felt like. Yeah. But then, boom, it's not. Boom, it's totally fake, and and, and unfortunately. 
it feels like that should have been like boom reboot. We're gonna make Mark Henry once again, mm-hmm. you know, Hall of Pain 2.0. Let's mm-hmm. let's have him run through Cena. Let's have him run through all these people. But it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. It like, doesn't they just happen. never pull the trigger it just on never, it. Never, and and that's when he truly becomes that like, okay, here's Mark Henry. We need someone to be on Raw to go up against yeah. you know whoever. He he like he still wrestles for like another two three years. Yeah, and there's only one moment that I remember from those two to three years. Yeah, and he's he's feuding with Rusev. Who is a pro-Russian sympathizer? Yes, and is beating all these super pro-American wrestlers, and um, so Mark Henry steps up to the plate and is like, "I'm not going to let you do this to America. I'm from Texas. Blah 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 blah. You know, I'm not going to let you do this." And then he gets put into Rusev's finishing move, which is a modified camel clutch. Called the Accolade. Called the Accolade. And as he's being choked into unconsciousness, you just see one single tear roll down his cheek, and then he passes out. And it's... I don't know if it was intentional, but if it is, it is beautiful. And uh, so now... We come toward the end. We come toward the end. His uh, last official match. Do you remember what his last official match was? I have no idea. It, this is. It, it's. It's sort of fitting that, you know, it's kind of a way to go out. You know. It, you know. I guess he didn't really have his. He didn't have a distinct go out on your back moment, but no. uh, he was in the Andre the Giant oh, Battle yeah. Royal at uh, the 2017 WrestleMania, so WrestleMania 33. Uh, he was in that. The prior to that, he was in the Royal Rumble. He was eliminated by Braun Strowman, uh, and it looks like that in 2016, uh, he had a brief stint uh, going against, you know, some tag team action with r Truth and Goldust as his teammates against Titus O'Neil and mm-hmm. the Shining Stars, and that's yeah, that's that's definitely the end of a mid-card career right yeah. there. But, look, we... Yeah, but it doesn't end all bad. No, no, he, like, like he was back on uh, this past Monday night, and... Well, I, I think one significant, very significant thing happened to Mark Henry. Which is what? Which is Mark Henry got inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, but I mean, that's, like, Mark Henry to me... And I know I don't know uh, if you'll get this uh, reference, but we'll see. Mark Henry uh, is a Hall of Famer. Yes, but he's a Hall of Famer the way that Detroit Lions quarterback Matt Stafford is. Oh a Hall of yeah, Famer. yeah. He's never going to win a Super Bowl. No, no, no. He is never going to be a guy where you go, that guy is who I want leading my franchise. But he is consistent. Yeah, he does good work when they need him to do good work. He's had his bad times, but he's always been there. And more importantly, even though Vince tried to get rid of him, he has always been a company man. Yeah, and Vince loves company men. Oh yeah, I guarantee you that when he came back from that OVW stint, yeah. took the weight off, took it serious, yeah. that Vince was like, 
All right, fine. He's mine forever. We're just going to do whatever with him that we can. Well, yeah, and and it should be clarified that one of the things that convinced Vince um, to uh, hire Mark Henry is Mark Henry would do the very famous circus act of bending frying pans. He would take like an iron frying pan and roll it up. Yeah. Right? And then one day in 1995 or so, Vince McMahon walks over to Mark Henry and unknowing, well, on purpose, but unbeknownst to Mark Henry, gives him a stainless steel frying pan, which he should in no way be able to bend. And Vince is like, watch this. I'm going to make him really sweat and, you know, give a prank him. And Mark Henry, to his credit, just Bends that pan. <laughs> and Vince goes, holy shit. And, and, and I mean, that's the reason why he's able to lift that one dumbbell. He's got that insane. Like, I would not want, like... like His finish should have just been a chokeslide. We mentioned, like, uh, yeah. Well, except he's too short. Yeah. He's too short for a good choke. A six-foot-one guy can't do a good chokeslide. That's true. Well, Hurricane. <laughs> well, okay, but that's for a comical effect. Like, uh, but... Uh, I would legitimately a guy we mentioned earlier. I would legitimately not want him to do the Kona Crush finisher too much. Oh like, God, no. like he could squeeze your head. Like yeah. uh, he could do that Game of Thrones like squeeze your eyeballs oh, the, out. Yeah, yeah. The, like uh, speaking of strongman, right? You know yeah. his his half rival Thor, in the strong half Thor. Yeah, uh, which I'm surprised that WWE hasn't tried to offer a contract. Oh, they to. you know they have. <laughs> you know they've tried to get him on for something. Uh, so to wrap up Mark Henry's career, he's made it to the Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. and as of now, uh, he has uh, someone in his career went through you know trials and tribulations. He is now a backstage mentor yeah. uh, to wrestlers who's trying to teach them to stay on the clean path and not do stupid shit online and everything mm-hmm. like that. So uh, now, look, you might see this if you're a wrestling fan and go, "Why in the world are these guys talking about Mark Henry?" Yeah, but. It's because he is a glue that takes you from era to era to era. Yeah. And he also demonstrates something that is, there are, I'm sure there are lots of passionate, super Mark Henry Marks out there. Oh, yeah. And some Marky Marks. Some, and, 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 ah, and, 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 uh, that's Ethan Sandoval. You can catch his hey, you can catch his comedy stylings around the city of Tulsa <laughs> in various places. But with material like that, not for long. Yeah, uh, kick me out. <laughs> right, anyways, um, but he represents, and this is a I didn't think about this till just now. But look at his career, yeah. and then look at someone completely opposite physically, at like Finn Balor, yeah. They have the same thing going on. They are beloved people, like inside and outside the ring, but they can't seem to get over these humps that are in that place. And they demonstrate, like, to fans, there are so many hardcore Finn Balor fans that are like, why is this guy not the world champion? Why does he not have the belt around his waist right now? Yeah. Well, sometimes it just doesn't work out that way. Yeah. Like... And unfortunately for Finn, mm-hmm. it's that because he doesn't have the beef. Yeah. Fortunately for Mark, 
quite frankly, just doesn't have the in ring talent. He didn't have the in ring talent, but he that didn't have did, the look. That didn't stop them from putting a belt on the great Kali. Yeah. And they did put a belt on Mark Henry for They a, put the same belt on Kali that yeah. they put on Henry. And that's sort of an endorsement of Vince's idea. And that, they did put a belt on Fat Balor. Yeah. And he just lost they, it because he got injured. But but here's the thing. I don't know. I'm pretty sure that Vince looks at Vince, he maybe looks at the universal title a little bit different, but I think Vince looked at that, the big gold, you know, the, the WCW World Heavyweight Championship and said, that's not my belt. Yeah. My belt is the WWE Championship belt. Like, and so that's why, you know, maybe it's different now, but like, I still think, even though Brock Lesnar has had the universal title forever and Vince loves Brock Lesnar. Mm -hmm. Like, I still think that of the two belts, it's still the WWE Championship that takes precedent. And the obvious, Kofi Kingston is the first black WWE champion. Yeah. And that was an organic thing that took place in, like, two months. Yeah. That got him to a point where there was no way in hell they could not give him the belt. That's true. There was never that moment for Mark Henry. And I don't think I can imagine a point where I could look back and say that Mark Henry was the the first WWE African American champion. Yeah. Like I don't ever I don't ever see Vince doing that. No, because the, he could do the world heavyweight title because that's already been done. He he maybe could have pulled the trigger if if that retirement speech yeah. had happened like two years earlier. Maybe maybe maybe. Now, he also had the problem of a lot of the wrestlers that, uh, which we thought we weren't going to have because we thought maybe Brock was gone, but he wasn't. But like we had that problem in the 2000s or late 2000s and 20, early 20 teens. He, you know, you had the Great Wall of Hogan in the 80s, and then you had the Great Wall of Cena yeah. in, you know, the the late 2000s and early teens. So kind of came up against that. But, you know, in many ways, Mark Henry takes us on a WWE journey yeah. from the gimmicky bad 96 oh, yeah. through the early days of the Attitude Era when he was, you know, when we're in Nation of Domination through the problematic days of the Attitude Era when banging old ladies and giving yeah. birth to hands. Uh, then to what I do consider probably for a good amount of people, those days where Mark Henry was kind of gone, hmm. probably a lot of people were kind of gone too. You know, hmm. like the ratings may not played it out, but I think you meet a lot of people that tuned out from yeah. about 2003 to, yeah. to CM Punk basically. Yeah. Like, um, so yeah. Any final thoughts on Mark Henry? I think Mark Henry is highly underrated. He would be in my boys club if he hadn't won the world title. Okay. Um, but I I think he is a integral part of professional wrestling. He just demonstrates so many things, like rebranding and the monster heel and what it's like to be on Vince's bad side. Yeah. And, and rebranding in a way that... He was always still Mark Henry. Yeah, yeah. Like he was never Mark Henry. Never he was sexual. He's not, like, he's not like the Godfather. Yeah. Like you know. Yeah, no one is calling the Godfather Papa Shago. No, yeah. Although I do love those shows that he's doing now where 
he'll do like one night as Papa Shango and one night as the Godfather. <laughs> like so uh, that's just like okay, but yeah, it, it re- he was always Mark Henry. He just changed his character up, yeah. and um, you know maybe part of it is that I think in real life he's just sort of a gentle giant. Yeah, and that doesn't. You know, they always say that the best thing in wrestling for a gimmick is to take who you are and just amplify it. Yeah. It's really hard to get a gentle giant over. Yeah. Because <laughs> is. is like, yeah, he's a really nice guy. Yeah. Good. All right. <laughs> yeah. Great. Um, and I agree with you. I mean, he, he's, he's demonstrative of all, like, the journey of wrestling that people that have been watching it since the mid-90s have gone through. Yeah. Uh, and he's a, a fitting Hall of Famer. And I think a perfectly good... There's seriousness, there's silliness, and there's everything wrapped up in his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, is there anything else we can do with him? Um, any, any, you know, I can't think of everyone he feuded with. Is there anyone you would have liked to see him feud with? Maybe did he ever have a? I, he had to have had a a, a, a feud with Rey Mysterio. Um, I can't imagine Vince not booking that because he loves to book Rey Mysterio against every guy that's over. <laughs> 300 pounds. He really, uh, maybe for like a month or two after he injured Batista. Yeah. Um, but Ray around that time was feuding with Kali. Oh yeah. (laughs) Ray feuding with Kali just reminds me of like a little squirrel running around a tree. Yeah. (laughs) That's essentially what it was. And like, and like occasionally the squirrel kicks the tree and the roots. Yeah. That was like it. Um, well, that's it for uh, Mark Henry this week. We got to figure out what we're going to do for the next one. Yeah. What do you think would be a good thing to do? We t- well, we did something silly. Yeah, we did something you know serious. Uh, do we do we cover Owen Hart? Oh, that's real heavy. Let let's let's not do Owen Hart. Let's do let's do an event since we did a person this week. So. An, I mean, that's an event. Well, I know, but I think if we're you know what's going to happen, we're going to talk about the entirety of Owen Hart's career if we do that. That's so, true. That's so true. let's do uh, something that well, let's let's think of something we can do um, that is more of an event. Hmm. <laughs> WrestleMania nine. WrestleMania nine. Now we're not going to be stomping on the, the uh, the toes of Cam and Zam, are we? No, they're not <laughs> anywhere near that era, and it is. And guess what? What? Even if we were, we'll care. take them on. Yeah, we'll take them on. <laughs> the <laughs> the natural disaster. I'm worried about. I'm worried about half that team. Yeah, it's not even that. Yeah. So. All right, so we're gonna do. The event that is WrestleMania 9 and everything that goes wrong with that next time that we get together. So if you're listening, yep. go on the network. Network's not always the best because, you know, sometimes you lose some originality and stuff. Especially, uh, you know, the saddest part of the network, right? Well, you know, yeah, they're just like... It's ECW. Yeah. Yeah, you, you lose all the good stuff from it, from ECW. Yeah. I do think I have some ECW pay-per-views on VHS here somewhere. <gasps> that I recorded as a kid. So if I do, I can go get a VHS and we can watch it with its own. Watch Heat Wave 97. If, if I have one of them, just to watch it with the, the original themes. But we'll do WrestleMania 9 next week here on WrestleLore. Yeah. Uh, let's, uh, we'll end with a few shout-outs here. Don't know when this is coming out, so we'll just do general ones yeah. uh, to go. First of all, mad props to the Sounds Tooth Network where you can find us. Uh, I might have another podcast coming out on that called Getting Greasy, which is about the Trailer Park Boys. Uh, if I can stay sober enough during the episodes to uh, record them. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, of course, you can uh, hear us here anytime, and there's always all sorts of good material on here. Opinions yeah. like a-holes, uh, Zach Amen is trash. Uh, what's some other stuff on there? Talk Show Incorporated. Talk Show Incorporated. Yeah, those talk show shows. If you are... Uh, you You're, listen to this and you love uh, what I would call irreverent comedy. Yeah. Uh, Talk Show Incorporated, you can catch uh, almost every Sunday at the Nightingale Theater. Just check out their uh, yeah. Facebook page. And on the Sunday when we're not doing Talk Show, which I'm one of the writers for, um, we do a roast of a famous movie. Um, we're recording this on uh, June 24th, so... This, this probably won't be out. This will weeks. not be out um, by... Uh, by the time this Sunday, which is coming up, yeah. the twenty eighth, when we are recording, um, the or we're making the roast of Jurassic Park, and uh, the next one, which will be in August, will be the roast of Greece. The roast of Greece. Okay, and uh, you can find Ethan around town at various open mics. He's uh, hosting one uh, at. Uh, 473. 473, which people lovingly call numbers. Numbers. Uh, but 473, uh, which is a bar here in town uh, owned by some uh, former University of Tulsa alumni. And uh, when is that show, Ethan? Uh, that show is one, It's on Thursdays and it's uh, once a month. And then also, like, uh, we alternating two weeks. Okay. Uh, we'll do a showcase and then open mic out there on Thursdays. Okay. So that's uh, good to know. So check that out. And, uh, well, I guess you can check me out teaching at a local high school if you want to. Uh, I've got, this won't be out uh, by the time I finish up hosting uh, Trivia at the Starlight, but, uh, you know, if you guys know me, come out and support Starlight. They support good comedy. So, thank you, guys. Thank you. WrestleMania 9 next week. Whoop, whoop.